Hey everyone, welcome back to the Haunted Corner. Today we're heading to Nevada to bring some attention to a few cold cases from the state. According to the latest data added to Project Cold Cases Unsolved Homicide Statistics website, there are approximately 2,351 Nevada cold cases that remain unsolved today. We're going to talk about a few of them, so let's get into it. Up first, we're heading back to 1994 in Incline Village, Nevada. Starting off with a real sad one, you guys. Nona May Meyer Rauer was born on April 22, 1938 in Denver, Colorado. Her husband, Charles Jr. Rauer, was born on July 13, 1931, and the couple lived together in their condo in Incline Village. They were retired and had moved away from the big city life in Florida and the crime that came along with it. They settled in the quiet area and were living the life. Charles was 63 at the time and Nona was 56. Just this cute little couple living their best life in retirement. The two were last seen alive on November 30th, 1994. I told y'all this one is really rough. On December 4, 1994, the bodies of Nona and Charles were found inside their condo in the 800 block of Oriole Way. The two had been bludgeoned to death. The cause of deaths were reported to be blunt force trauma. This was the first homicide in the affluent Lake Tahoe community in three years. There was no sign of forced entry and investigators couldn't find a motive. Who would want to murder this sweet retired couple, and especially in such a horrific way? There were, there were a few items missing from the home, including the bracelet that Charles was wearing and a video camera, which makes me curious about what, if anything, was on the video camera. So just a camera and a bracelet. But there was also thousands of dollars worth of jewelry that was left in the home. So what was the true motive? The couple's 1991 Mazda Navajo was also missing, and it was found a few days after the murder, hidden by snowfall in front of the Justice Court in Incline Village. Charles and Nona's children, their daughter Barbara and son Charles Rauer Jr., were pleading for more information about their parents' murder. Over time, though, suspicions began to shift for Barbara towards her own brother. There were plenty of reasons, apparently, that led her to look a little bit further into her brother. Just before the murder, their parents had cut off financial support for Charles, and he had made some strange statements to others indicating he knew the day before they were found that his parents were dead. Eventually, Barbara filed a wrongful death suit against her brother, Charles, which was settled out of court, and he remains a person of interest. Fortunately, DNA not belonging to the victims was found in the home, apparently on an object which may be the murder weapon. There have been two decades of evolution in DNA sciences since the initial investigation, the hope is that new tests could reveal results which weren't possible back then. But as of today, there is no update in this case. 
If you have information that could help solve this case, you're asked to call the Washoe County Sheriff's Office or Secret Witness. Secret Witness has posted a $5,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and prosecution of those responsible. The number is 775-322-4900. Up next, we're discussing the missing persons case of Camille Dardanes Dotson. Camille was born on February 23, 1964, and was raised in an upper-middle-class family in Chicago. When she was 21 years old, Camille became captivated by a man named Gary Dotson. And if you don't know who that is, give his name a quick goog and you'll find out. But long story short, he was the first person to be exonerated of a criminal conviction by DNA evidence. I'm definitely going to dive deeper into that case on the podcast at a later time, but his clemency hearing was open to the public, and Camille approached him at that hearing, and they started dating after his release. The two married and welcomed a daughter named Ashley, but things weren't great. Gary was arrested for beating Camille, and shortly after, she moved with Ashley to Las Vegas, which is where her mother lived in order to get away from Gary. She had to start over there, which was hard for her, of course. She didn't have a higher education and her job history was slim. So she began working at diners and bars and eventually dancing at the Crazy Horse and the Crazy Horse 2 strip clubs, which were owned by mob member Tony Albanese. I searched for him as well, and I got many articles about the Prime Minister of Australia, who apparently has the same name, but when I found the correct information, oof. Tony Albanese purchased the clubs in Las Vegas, and in 1984, three years after purchasing the second club, Albanese disappeared, and his severed head turned up in the desert outside of Needles, California. Ooh. So Camille is living a bit of a rough lifestyle at this point. She got caught in a downward spiral, marrying another abusive husband named George Diaz Jr. She became addicted to drugs and eventually turned to sex work to survive. According to arrest records, Camille was arrested on September 3rd of 1994 She was released the next day at around 4 o'clock p.m., and she was never seen again. It would be seven months before a missing persons report would be filed by Camille's mom, who moved back from Chicago to search for her daughter. Based on the arrest record and a court date for which Camille failed to show up, Las Vegas police estimate that she went missing between September 3rd and September 26th of 1994. At the time of her disappearance, Camille was 30 years old. She was described as Caucasian with brown hair and eyes. She is 5'7", weighing between 125 and 145 pounds. She has a tattoo on her right hip with, of a heart with the word cruise in the middle. She may use the alias first names Kim, Nicole, and or Renee, and the alias last names Clark and or Diaz and her married last name is Dotson. Investigators didn't have a lot to go on. She just seemingly vanished. 
Today, most people aware of her case believe Camille is deceased, but who's responsible for her death if that's the case? Was it her estranged husband or the new guy she was staying with? Or maybe a regular at the strip club she worked at that maybe followed her and became obsessed with her? Or maybe it was a stranger. Or maybe she's out there still alive. There's no proof otherwise at this point. Anyone with information about the disappearance of Camille Dardane's Dotson is urged to contact the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department missing person detail at 702-828-2907 or email missingpersons at lvmpd.com. Up next, we're diving into another unsolved case from just north of Reno, Nevada, a little further back in time. This is the murder of Karen Santos Coy. This case took place during the summer of 1980. Karen was 19 years old at the time and a student at the Sierra Nevada job course. She had five siblings and was described as a nice, caring young girl. She was very family-oriented. According to her mother, she was happy at the job corps. She was really learning a lot and participating in softball as well. The director of the center named Phil Wilbur explained that the job corps provided vocational training for the 125 female and 275 male students ranging from 16 to 21 years old. He said that the students could leave at night or on weekends on a pass, but must observe the 11 p.m. curfew, but they could earn the right to stay out until 2 o'clock a.m. Absolutely not. He also said that Karen was taking automotive training, which is cool. Now, on the night of her disappearance, June 28, 1980, Karen had told her mom over the phone that she and two other classmates were planning on getting out and heading to the carnival for the for a night of fun. These classmates were Karen McDonald and Kristen Coos. They last saw Karen enjoying a concert in the exhibit hall at the carnival. Karen was also reportedly seen with two barefoot men. One of them was estimated to be around 20 years old. He was described as having medium length curly blonde hair and was wearing casual clothing. He was estimated to be about 5 foot 10 and approximately 130 pounds. The second man was wearing a t-shirt and pants, had short brown hair. He was estimated to be between 28 and 30 years old, 5 foot 10 and approximately 180 pounds. Karen and Kristen, so the other Karen's friends, left Karen at the concert and claimed they would be back at 11 p.m. so they could head home together. However, when they returned at that time, they couldn't find Karen anywhere. Karen was reported missing on July 7, 1980 by her mother. She was missing for 12 days when three boys, the sons of a Reno police sergeant, discovered the decomposing body of a young woman on a dirt road just north of Red Rock Road and a half a mile north of U.S. Highway 395. She was nude and there was clothing scattered throughout the area. 
Using dental records, the body was positively identified as that of Karen Santos Coy. She had died of a single gunshot wound to the chest, and although the autopsy didn't conclusively prove that she had been sexually assaulted, the circumstances led investigators to believe that she had been. Investigators didn't really have anything to go on in this case, but something that I found was interesting was that there were five other women who were murdered and their bodies were dumped in the hills north of Reno between 1977 and 1981. Gloria Crummett, who was 16, Julia Woodward, who was 20, and Jeannie Smith, who was 17, were all killed by blows to the head. Sherry Harbicky, who was 20, was shot, and Cynthia, also known as Cindy Cook, was stabbed to death. And although Karen's death has not been conclusively linked to the others, it's definitely interesting. Karen's death really affected her five siblings. Her 10-year-old brother carried around a letter that Karen had written to him until it was accidentally washed in a pair of pants. Karen's death also prompted her mother, Llewellyn, to become a community service officer working with the survivors of homicide victims. Anyone with information on this case would be urged to call the Washoe County Sheriff's Office Detective Division at 775-328-3220. And those are the tales for this month's Cold Case Corner. Some really rough ones today, um, but cold cases really get to me, which is why I, you know, created this monthly segment, just trying to get the word out about as many cases that I can. Um, Hopefully somebody knows something. You never know. Someone who's listening to this podcast could know something about what happened to these people. If you have any information about the cases we covered in today's episode, the murders of Charles and Nona Rauer and the murder of Karen Santos Coy, or the disappearance of Camille Dardanes Dotson, please reach out to the contact information provided. I'll include it in the show notes and on the blog post for the episode. Any information is big information. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. The sources will be listed on the blog post for the episode, and I will link to the blog post in the show notes. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, with new episodes dropping every Monday and Thursday. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to share your support, head on over to Patreon. You'll have access to the exclusive Patreon-only episodes, and you'll have early and ad-free access to the regular episodes plus a lot more. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash The Haunted Corner to join now. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell a friend and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. So on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen, that helps, helps the podcast. If you have a case suggestion that you want me to cover on the podcast, send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com. If you have a correction to share, I'm human. I probably, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. So you can send that to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com as well, or you can submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you soon.